0: Welcome to Vox Day, Unfolding Scripture, a journey into the depths of the Bible, explored through the lens of Catholic teaching. In every episode, we unravel the timeless wisdom embedded in the Word of God, connecting the dots between Scripture, tradition, and our daily lives. Our guide on this journey is Dr. Augustine Newman, a distinguished Catholic theologian with over two decades of experience in biblical studies and Catholic doctrine. With a doctorate from the Pontifical Gregorian University in Rome and author of numerous scholarly articles on biblical exegesis, Dr. Newman brings a rich and profound understanding of faith in Scripture. Together, we'll traverse the landscapes of the Old and New Testaments, delving deep into each book, each story, each verse, seeking to understand the heart of God's revelation to mankind. So grab your Bible, a cup of coffee, and let's unfold the Scripture with Dr. Augustine Newman.
1: My dear friends, welcome back to another episode of Vox Day. Unfolding Scripture. Once again, I'm your host, Dr. Augustine Newman. Let us journey together today into the ancient and perhaps somewhat familiar realm of Genesis, chapters 5 and 6. We find ourselves exploring a sweeping expanse of biblical history, spanning generations from Adam all the way to Noah, whose name will forever be linked to the fabled tale of the Great Flood. As we delve into chapter 5, we discover it's primarily a genealogical record, a roll call of ancestors, if you will, from Adam, our common progenitor, to Noah, that ark builder of renown. One cannot help but be struck by the recurring refrain, and then he died. It's a solemn reminder of the mortality we've inherited post-fall, yet this chapter also echoes with the footfall of an ever-present god, accompanying humanity as we multiply and fill the earth. Now in this long list of ancestors, there is an intriguing exception, Enoch. Scripture tells us that Enoch walked with God, that he was no more, because God took him, Genesis 5.24. Fascinating, isn't it? Enoch, who seemingly cheats death and is taken by God, serves as an early foreshadowing of the promise of eternal life for the righteous. Now as we turn the page to chapter 6, the narrative takes a darker turn. We witness humanity in a headlong tumble into moral decay, a state so dire that God is moved to purify the earth with a flood. However, in the midst of this growing corruption, we see a beacon of hope, Noah. Described as a righteous man, blameless in his generation, Noah walked with God. Genesis 6-9, he finds favor with God. And Genesis 6-8 encapsulates this beautifully, saying, but Noah found favor with the Lord, Amidst this backdrop of rampant wickedness, the righteousness of Noah offers a ray of hope. It stands as a testament that even in the dearest of circumstances, the grace of God is at work, and there are those who choose the path of righteousness. As we look back through the lens of history, we find that Genesis 5 and 6 are more than mere chapters in a book. They are reflections of an ancient understanding of the world and its origins. The mention of incredibly long lifespans might seem outlandish, but when we consider it in light of the ancient Near East's broader cultural and literary milieu, it starts to make sense. Such extraordinary lifespans were common in the writings of that period, symbolizing a remarkable era in human history. Likewise, the sons of God mentioned in Genesis 6, 2-4 can be better appreciated when viewed against the backdrop of the ancient Near East, where divine beings were often depicted as engaging with humanity. As we delve into the cultural context, we notice that the narrative of a cataclysmic flood as a form of divine retribution is a motif that resonates across ancient Near Eastern literature, with a famous parallel in the Epic of Gilgamesh. However, the biblical account lends a unique spin to this theme. It underscores the moral failures of humanity as the trigger for the flood while simultaneously highlighting God's grace and covenant as the means of preservation and promise for the future of humanity. Now, at a casual glance, these chapters may appear quite straightforward, but as we peer beneath the surface, they reveal a trove of rich theological insights, often bypassed in casual reading. Let's dive in together, shall we? One of the first hidden gems we encounter is in the form of Enoch's remarkable communion with God. In the midst of the genealogical listings in Genesis 5, Enoch emerges as an intriguing figure. He's described as one who walked with God, a phrase that is so evocative. It wasn't a mere casual acquaintance, but rather a profound, ongoing relationship that led to him being taken directly by God, thus bypassing death. It's a beautiful illustration, my friends, of the depth of intimacy we can cultivate in our relationship with God. A walk, a journey together, embodying the constancy and dedication that should color our spiritual lives. As we delve deeper, we grapple with the paradox of mortality and eternity. This phrase we encounter repeatedly, and then he died, is a stark reminder of human mortality, a consequence of the fall. Yet, within this sobering refrain, there is an echo of life's resilient affirmation. The generations continue, reflecting both the consequence of sin, but also the enduring blessing of fertility that God bestowed in Genesis 128. Life it seems persists in the shadow of death, pointing us towards the ultimate promise of eternal life. Let's consider Noah now. We often overlook Noah as a type or foreshadowing of Christ. As humanity plunges deeper into corruption, Noah, in his righteousness, finds favor with God. He emerges as a beacon of hope, chosen to steward God's creation in the face of looming judgment. Does it sound familiar? Yes, we see a parallel in Jesus, who, in his righteousness, embodies hope for all humanity, bringing salvation from the judgment our sin's merit. Moving on to Genesis 6, we encounter a delicate dance of divine justice and patience, set against the prelude to the flood narrative. God acknowledges humanity's growing sinfulness, but His response is measured, not hasty. He curtails human lifespan, which we can perceive as a form of judgment, yet it is simultaneously an act of mercy, limiting the reach of human wickedness. We see God grieved by sin, yet patient, equipping Noah, the lone righteous man, with the plan to protect his family and a remnant of creation. These narratives, dear listeners, invite us to gaze beyond the obvious, to seek out God's grace within judgment, to find hope amid despair, and to celebrate the promise of life, even in the face of death. Indeed, the more deeply we peer into the depths of Scripture, the more brilliantly its wisdom and insights shine forth. Genesis chapters 5 and 6 are chapters that often stir up a whirlpool of questions and confusions. As a theologian grounded in the Catholic tradition, I'm eager to explore these together, offering some insights that align with Catholic understanding. Let's begin with these mind-boggling long lifespans reported in Genesis 5, such as Methuselah, who were told lived 969 years. Now understandably, this can raise a few eyebrows. However, within Catholic circles, it's generally accepted that these ages might not be meant to be taken literally. Instead, they could be symbolic, signifying the extraordinary nature of these early human beings and their close connection to the original act of creation. This perspective harmonizes well with the Catholic Church's acceptance of valid scientific insights regarding human history and lifespan. Next, we encounter the enigmatic Sons of God and Nephilim in Genesis 6, 1 through 4, among the most mysterious verses in the Bible. Some interpret the Sons of God as fallen angels who mated with human women, thereby producing the Nephilim. But it's important to note the Catholic Church hasn't set forth an official teaching on these verses. One plausible interpretation is that the sons of God might refer to the line of Seth, those God-fearing individuals, intermarrying with the line of Cain, those who turned away from God. This unholy union may have accelerated the proliferation of wickedness. Let's consider Genesis 6-6, where it seems God regrets creating humans. You may well ask, if God is all-knowing, how could he regret anything? Catholic understanding regards passages that attribute human emotions or limitations to God as metaphorical language, revealing something about our relationship with Him. So, God's regret here should be understood as expressing His righteous displeasure at human sin and the ensuing havoc, rather than suggesting a lapse on His part. Finally, the narrative of the flood, where God wipes out life on earth except for Noah's family and the creatures in the ark, can be quite unsettling. It's vital to recognize that this story is communicating profound truths about human sin and divine justice. While God grieves over human sinfulness, He is also just. However, His justice always pairs with mercy, as evidenced by His sparing of Noah and His family, and the establishment of a new covenant with them. The Catechism of the Catholic Church number 109 urges us to be attentive to what the human authors truly wanted to affirm and what God sought to reveal through their words. This often involves looking beyond the literal sense and engaging with the spiritual sense of scripture. Now, chapters 5 and 6 of Genesis might seem like rather unassuming genealogical records and ancient narratives on first glance, but in reality, they lay a crucial foundation for the ultimate messianic story. Let's dive in, shall we? First, let's focus on the genealogical line in Genesis 5, which takes us from Adam right down to Noah. Now why is this lineage crucial? Because it's this very bloodline that eventually gives us Abraham, and from his descendants emerges the Messiah, Jesus Christ himself. You see, this genealogy isn't just a list of names, it's a breadcrumb trail in the larger narrative leading us to the promise of Christ's coming. Consider Noah. An integral figure in these chapters. In Catholic tradition, Noah is often viewed as a type or foreshadowing of Christ. Just as Noah, the solitary righteous man who finds favor with God, becomes the custodian of humanity's preservation, Jesus, too, is that righteous one who secures our redemption. Noah's ark, a vessel saving life from the flood's destruction, symbolizes the church, which delivers us from sin and death through the sacraments, especially baptism. Now let's talk about Enoch from Genesis 5.24. Enoch's unique relationship with God, where he walked with God and was taken directly into God's presence, by passing death, has been seen by some church fathers as a tantalizing hint at the promise of eternal life fulfilled in Christ. Just as Enoch was gathered into God's presence, so are we, who die united with Christ, embraced into eternal life with Him. Lastly, Genesis 6 portrays the depths of humanity's wickedness, highlighting our profound need for salvation, a need ultimately met through Jesus Christ, the Messiah. The rampant sin described during Noah's era underscores sin's destructive potency and primes the stage for the divine narrative of salvation history that unfolds throughout the rest of the Bible. So, as you see, Genesis chapters 5 and 6 rather than being mere ancient records and tales, serve as the first act, preparing the stage for the grand drama of salvation that reaches its climax in the coming of Jesus Christ. Next, let's delve into an interesting comparison. A look at some differences between Catholic and Protestant interpretations of Genesis 5 and 6. It's essential to remember that interpretations can indeed vary widely within both traditions, so we're painting with broad strokes here. First, let's examine those puzzling verses, Genesis 6-1-4, featuring the sons of God and Nephilim. Some Protestant circles might interpret these literally, suggesting the sons of God were fallen angels who bred with human women, giving rise to the Nephilim, a race of giants. The Catholic Church, on the other hand, leans towards a different reading. It suggests the sons of God are descendants of Seth. Adam and Eve's third son, who remained faithful to God. The daughters of men are thought to be descendants of Cain who had turned away from God. This intermingling dilutes righteousness, leading to an increase in moral decline. This interpretation sits comfortably with the Church's understanding of angels as purely spiritual beings who don't engage in human activities like sexual reproduction. Now, on to the literal versus figurative interpretations. Some Protestant traditions, particularly among conservative evangelicals, may prefer a literal interpretation of Genesis, including those extraordinary lifespans in chapter 5 and the global scope of Noah's flood in chapter 6. The Catholic Church, while fully upholding the inerrancy of Scripture, is more open to non-literal interpretations. The Church acknowledges the Bible's use of varied literary genres, including symbolic language and imagery to convey theological truths. This way, the ages in Genesis 5 could symbolize the patriarch's holiness and closeness to God. The flood narrative then communicates profound truths about sin and God's justice, irrespective of precise historical details. Lastly, let's talk about sacraments and typology. The Catholic Church often sees greater depth in these chapters through a typological lens. Noah's Ark, for example, is seen as a type of the Church and the floodwaters prefigure baptism's cleansing waters 1 Peter 320-21. Some Protestant traditions might not place as much emphasis on these typological connections. Through these discussions, the Catholic perspective maintains both the spiritual truths conveyed by Scripture and its compatibility with human reason and scientific understanding. Rooted in centuries of theological reflection and guided by the Holy Spirit's role in the Church's magisterium, this approach seeks to harmoniously integrate faith and reason. Therefore, the Catholic perspective offers a comprehensive and balanced understanding of these Genesis chapters. Finally, even amidst these stories of humanity's earliest days, timeless truths shine through. Let's start with Enoch, who famously walked with God. What an image, right? Imagine walking with God in our own lives. Isn't that about aligning our wills with His, seeking His guidance in all our decisions, sharing our ups and downs with Him in prayer? Enoch's life speaks volumes about the power of a deep, intimate relationship with God. It was so strong... He was taken directly by God, completely bypassing death. We can aim to foster this closeness in our lives too, making a conscious effort to walk with Him daily, both in the sunlit peaks and shadowy valleys of life. Next, we encounter Noah, a beacon of righteousness surrounded by the darkness of his contemporaries' wickedness. Amid a society veering away from God's commandments, Noah stands firm, dutifully following God's instructions to build an ark. Today, we might often feel like we're swimming against the tide, and Noah's faith can serve as our inspiration. Even if we face ridicule or indifference, let's be unswerving in our faith and obedience to God, remembering that His promise of salvation is worth far more than any earthly approval. Finally, these chapters remind us of God's profound mercy and justice. Upon seeing the depth of human wickedness, God was grieved. But even in His judgment, He found a way to preserve life, to give humanity a new beginning by establishing a covenant with Noah, a promise that echoes down to us today. Despite our world being steeped in sin, God's mercy remains. So let's turn to Him in sincere repentance and trust in His mercy, confident in the knowledge that God is infinitely patient, always willing to offer us fresh starts. As we ponder these lessons, let's strive to apply them in our own lives. Like Enoch, may we walk daily with God. Like Noah, may we remain faithful, even when the world seems to forget him. And like the generations saved through Noah's ark, may we always remember God's mercy and take shelter in his promise of salvation. By doing so, we walk in the footsteps of these righteous men from the past, and even more crucially, in the footsteps of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, the ultimate fulfillment of God's promises to humanity. Well friends, we've come to the end of another enlightening journey through scripture on this episode of our podcast. We've delved into chapters 5 and 6 of Genesis, met some of humanity's earliest figures, and drawn lessons from their lives, lessons as relevant today as they were millennia ago. I hope you found today's exploration as enriching as I did. As we part ways, I encourage you to keep pondering on these stories. Consider Enoch's close relationship with God, Noah's unwavering faith amidst society's wickedness, and God's infinite mercy shining through the sternness of his justice. Remember, the Bible is a living book, forever speaking new truths into our lives. As always, I'm deeply grateful that you've taken the time to join me, Dr. Augustine Newman, on this spiritual journey. I look forward to our next exploration together. Until then, keep asking questions, keep seeking, and remember, the love of God is just a prayer away. May His wisdom guide you and His peace envelop you. God bless you all. Take care, and goodbye for now.
0: You've been listening to Vox Day, Unfolding Scripture, hosted by Dr. Augustine Newman. Thank you for joining us on this journey into the heart of the Bible. We hope you found today's episode enlightening and inspiring. If you enjoyed our time together, please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review our show on your favorite podcast platform. This helps us reach more people and continue to provide meaningful content. Don't forget to share Vox Day, Unfolding Scripture, with your friends, family, or anyone you believe could benefit from delving deeper into the Word of God through the Catholic lens. Your support truly makes a difference. We're grateful for your company today, and we look forward to meeting you again in the next episode. Until then, keep the faith, stay open to the Word, and may God's peace be with you.